Yes, my girl. Constance Hall, one of the most talked about bloggers in the country. Oh, look out! Opinionated, raw, thought-provoking and never shy to have an opinion. Annalise is her best friend. The yin to her yang. The gale to her Oprah. She's the chic one. Just ask her. A show for queens by queens. No topic is too taboo. A shame-free, judge-free space. Oversharing, commiserating and celebrating. This is the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. Come on, girls! Good evening, Constance. Good evening, beautiful. I am Annalise Dent. You are Constance Hall. Together we are the Queen Sesh. We're a couple of besties hanging out. And we're actually, we're not alone this evening because we have your husband, Denim, and your dog, Bear, in the studio. Yeah, the dog's had to come in because he suffers from anxiety, separation anxiety and depression. Mm. And the husband sort of does too. <laughs> He's my squad. He has to come everywhere. Otherwise, who will I have? I know. I don't have an entourage. I'm envious. Yeah, you need to get one. You need to get Clarence to quit his job and just hang out with you 24 hours a day. No, I would actually kill him. <laughs> you get used to it. <laughs> so, Con, our favourite show had a little lull last week, but it's back and it's better oh, yeah. than ever. Married I nearly gave up on Married at First Sight. I was like, it's peaked, I'm done. Mm. And look what happened. It's 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 oh feminism, it's trading it's females feminism. like commodities. <laughs> it's the hard-hitting issues of reality television. That's next on The Queen Sesh. The Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. This week, Con, our Favourite television show, our entire social life, Married at First Sight. It was huge. We had boys' nights, girls' nights. Mm. How come girls' nights are always fun and boys' nights are always rank? We had the dinner party. Mm. Okay, so if you, if you don't watch the show, basically we had a boys' night where some chat went down that wasn't really that cool. There was talk of wife swapping. Yeah, there so was... the guys were going like, if you couldn't have your wife, who would you have? Mm. And all the other guys were going, well, I'd have her, I'd have her. There was like three girls that everyone was sort of deciding that they wanted to pass around. Mm. And then like one of the guys was going, but what about my wife, Dean and Tracy? Don't you go, Come on, she's hot. Doesn't anyone want to bang her? And everyone was like, no, we don't. <laughs> and then he got all offended. Really and annoyed. One of the cool guys, the guy who like talks to his wife and treats her like an equal, went home and told his wife all about this. Then we had the dinner party the next night, Ooh. and wifey Charlene, who I love by the way, Queen Charlene, we'll Queen Charlene decided that everyone needed to know about these conversations. Mm-hmm. So she confronted Dean and just have a listen to one of his responses. You'll love it. <laughs> I'm about gender equality. I'm all about gender equality. All about it. I think everyone needs to be treated. Com- Completely equally, and I've said nothing disrespectful about women. Nothing. That might just be a very big difference in what I think is okay to talk about. And I've, what you I've think been, I've been, about. I've been a feminist my whole life. <laughs> and that's where he says it. Dean's been a feminist his whole life. Yeah, I can basically, I just, I heard I am woman, hear me roar as he said it. Yeah, me too. He's the new face of feminism. I'm going to get his face put on T-shirts. Maybe even a tattoo, make it permanent. Do you know what's something that came out of it that I really wanted to say though? Mm. And so I've decided to say it on radio. Tracy, if... A group of men of your husband's friends don't want to bang you. That is a good thing. <laughs> Everybody was going, oh, my God, that would be so fair. I can guarantee my husband's friends 
don't want to bang me. Do you know why? I'm not putting anything out there. I'm not putting on my sexy eyes. I'm not being cutesy. I'm being an equal partner in this friendship. And so and for anyone out there that was going, oh, poor Tracy must be so offended. No. Why is that offensive that, you, that your husband's mates don't want to shag you? That's not offensive at all. It's bloody brilliant. Yeah, I would feel really awkward if my husband's friends wanted to shag me. Yeah, and I don't think Clarence would appreciate it either. No. I don't think Clarence would be the going, come on, come on, Denzi. You must want to root Annalise. <laughs> <laughs> We've got something, another grab to play that just really proves what a feminist Dean is. But also, I'm a man, all right? I don't apologise for being a man. I don't apologise for being attracted to women. Why is that Why is that a bad thing? Us. Oh, my God. Yes. Trust me. But that's kind absolutely. Of, absolutely. I don't apologise for being a man at all. Yeah, I mean, that screams feminism to me. I don't apologise for anything, Dean. Why should you, mate? Did you love the Jaws <laughs> music as well? <laughs> Every time Dean talks, they're just like, dun it, dun it. <laughs> Constance Hall and her bestie, Annalise. This is The Queen Sesh. Con, we shared a meme on our Facebook page, The Queen Sesh, and it was, what is the silliest thing you've cried over when you were pregnant? And, gosh, it went gangbusters. So, so many funny stories. What What do you think is the silliest thing you've cried over? I know there's been lots, so try and narrow yeah, it I, down. I cry over everything all mm. the time. Like I cry ridiculous amounts. Happy tears I find more, I cry more over when I'm pregnant than, you know, because I'm a, I'm a bit teary anyway for sad things, but the happy things I don't usually cry about, so that really, you know, that's a real change for me. But the stupidest thing that I sad cried over, and this is when I was in Byron Bay earlier this year and I cried over the idea of watermelon farmers. <laughs> when I saw how cheap watermelons were, they were like $3 each and that was at Woolies. So then the watermelon guys are only probably getting like $1.50 each because there's like a markup. And then I was thinking about him like picking the watermelon and putting it on the truck for like less than a dollar. <laughs> and, and I burst into tears. <laughs> I still think about it and it still plagues me. I can't even go to the fruit section at Woolies. That is actually one of the most ridiculous things I've ever mm. heard in my life. But it makes sense, doesn't it? Like, does anyone ever really stop to think about that? Because half the time I love watermelon, like I love it, love it. Mm. And half the time I don't buy it because I can't be effed picking it up. What about the poor rock melon farmers? No one's buying rock melon at all anymore. Yeah, they're all going bust. I just, I can only imagine the tears that you're holding for them right now. No, I don't, I don't really care that much. Oh, okay, cool. So you're, you're melanist. Good to know. Um, so con- a couple of the funniest ones that, uh, that we heard, you'll love this. Emma said, when Lightning McQueen pushed the old man, <laughs> the blue race car over the finish line so he could finish his last. Oh, my God, that's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Another one, Kayla said she dropped a chicken wing. I was eating on the floor (laughs) and the cat took it. I cried so hard. And we've got Karina from New Zealand. You're currently pregnant. Congratulations. Thanks. The other uh, last weekend, my husband and I were looking for movies on Netflix and I was like, what about Connie? Because he's never seen it and it's just so ridiculous that I feel like everyone has to see it. And it's got that bloody Leanne Rhymes song on it and it just got me, like, what song? completely... What song? What's the song? Oh, that's... Oh. That song. <laughs> Were you, like, envisioning that something might happen to your husband? 
No, I just got totally choked up. It was so, it was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's ridiculous, but I love it. And I hope that we didn't upset you too much when we played it. Oh, no, not at all. I was prepared. <laughs> Thanks, Karina. <laughs> and we've got Carla from Queensland. What's the silliest thing you've cried over when you were pregnant? I couldn't stop crying because I was crying. I couldn't find something at work and then I got frustrated and cried and then literally two or three hours later I was still crying. Ooh, oh, my God, the babe, work I get cry. That. Yes. Yeah, and you feel like you just need to get it out so you don't want to make it stop. Uh, Nadia from Queensland, what's the silliest thing that you've ever cried over when you're pregnant? My mum stopped in to see me and I'm sitting on the end of my bed doing the ugly cry, you know, the kind where the snot runs and you yes. go, <laughs> making those noises. Yep. And I'm inconsolable and she thinks someone's died or an animal's died. And she's saying, yep. what's wrong, what's wrong? And when I could finally talk, I said, I can't find a pair of socks. <laughs> she I said, dear, I do not understand. I said, well, if I can't find a pair of socks, who on earth am I going to raise a baby? <laughs> and then just dissolve <laughs> into absolute hysterics. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it seemed logical to and- 17-year-old, heavily pregnant me, if I can't find two socks, I'm doomed. I'm never going to be able to raise this child. <laughs> Exactly, so and everybody, you know, everybody, because you're 17, everyone's going to be judging you by baby socks, like they just are, so it's devastating, and you're going to cry over this sort of stuff. I know, and here I am, I can't even find socks. Do you know what I like about pregnant crying is, like, one minute you're like, oh, my God, I stepped in at that poor little thing, this is horrible, and then the next minute you're just a ruthless bitch, and you're like, and your husband's and your family's like, oh, we're starving, we're just like, I do not care. It is not my job to care. And so it's just that emotional roller coaster that I think is, is uniquely beautiful. Kind of, um, actually, that kind of just sounds like you when you're pregnant or not, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I know, right? The Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. It's the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. And Con, I had to fill out a declaration to be able to do reading at school. Something sort of irked me on on the forms and basically it said that any contractors at the school, if they're there for five days or less, they don't have to have a working with children's check. For me, that rings some alarm bells. So I've been looking into it more. I put it out on our Queen Sesh Facebook page. We had a lot of queens contact us and share their thoughts on it. But then we had a queen who actually contacted us anonymously and she wants to remain anonymous. She wanted to share her experience at a daycare centre. And I also just want to say a bit of a trigger warning for anyone listening, um, as we're about to, you know, discuss some things that might be a bit confrontation, uh, confronting for people. Uh, but thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Just give us a brief background as, as to what happened. Basically, the childcare centre my child attended for two years, at the beginning of the year that he started kindergarten, it came out that there had been incident where a staff member had been reported touching a child inappropriately and escorted from the premises by the police and an investigation was was launched. And the outcome, scarily, was that he did have a working with vulnerable people card, but he also had charges and, I'm told, so allegedly, convictions as a juvenile, but they weren't checked. The investigator that I spoke to on the phone about it told me that it was the juvenile record was supposed to be checked, but it isn't always. Oh, my goodness. That's so horrific. That's so scary. Now, have all the mums been informed? Oh, well, that's where it got messy because the childcare centre didn't want to tell all the parents who had, Mm. had children there for the last two years. They only wanted to tell 
the parents who have had children there on that day. I hate the way these institutions try and hide this sort of stuff because there was if any very of the children much are going through anything after being yeah. exposed to him, the best thing we can do for them is get on the front foot. Yeah, and we, I mean, they didn't even want to tell parents that anything may have happened. How can we stop this from happening? Do you know much about the working with children check since going through this? Is there a, is there a way that this can be fixed or how do we know? I mean, we're sending our kids off to be looked after. We're not there. Mm. They're young. They're vulnerable. A lot of them can't even speak. To tell mm-hmm. us what's happening, how can we stop this from happening? I don't have the answer. I mean, the investigator that I spoke to, he didn't have the answer because his response was basically it should have been checked, mm. but it wasn't, um, which tells me they're not always. I mean, is it down to the person who's doing the check or should it be a more automated, it just happens every time thing? I think it should. I also think that as a mother, like I've been used a few different daycare centres and I've known which ones were really professional. They had yeah. a real professionalism about them and I could just yeah. tell. They wouldn't let me get away with slipping the kid in without shoes and, you know, all the things <laughs> yeah. that I could try yeah. and get away with doing. They were, uh, they were onto everything. And then there's been other daycare centres that I've used. They weren't onto anything. They just sort of babysat yeah. your kids for the day. So, yeah, there yeah. is that, you know, intu- mother's intuition as well that you can sometimes Absolutely. rely on. But you Absolutely. don't want to have to rely on. Like you're going to work. You're doing. You're making lunches. You're doing all the rest of it. You can't be. You, you need well, you to be sure, able to put shouldn't. your trust into a place that's taking care of your children. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. You know, I, I imagine it's really difficult going through that again. But we really appreciate you sharing your story. And Con, I think this is something that we just we just let let's look into this. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so you. much. We really appreciate no worry. it. Thank you. Thank you. Constance Hall and her bestie, Annalise. This is the Queen Sesh. It's the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. So, as I went to the hospital yesterday to book in mm. for my baby. And, you know, I don't want to make bloody media headlines this time. Last time I talked about how I didn't have any private health insurance and i got to go public and I'd had a really shitty experience public and the whole world uproared. Who does she think she is? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like... No, I'd had a bad experience. But anyway, it's not about the medical side of things now Mm. because I'm feeling really comfortable. I'm in really good hands, medical-wise. But they told me yesterday the chances are that I'll be sharing a room. Now, at this stage in my life where I am literally photographed maybe five times a day if I'm out, Mm. then I get – and I get filmed without me knowing and then these videos pop up on the internet and, you know, me and my brother are walking down the street and somebody's – uploaded it and saying I'm having an affair and <laughs> my brother-in-law and these sort of things make me have made me a little bit more private of course in certain areas so the idea of sharing a room as soon as she said it, I'm just envisioning legs spread can I check on your stitches you know how the nurses are all like let me check there have you farted yet you know how they want to know if you've farted yet before they put you on back on solids and meanwhile with someone next to me and her whole family is like hey Oh, my God. Can I take a photo of you for my friend in England? (laughs) And I'm like, oh. (laughs) That's the vision I've got. I've got a vision of like eight people in my room taking photographs of me while my stitches getting looked at by doctors and nurses. This is a concern. It's a concern, isn't it? The midwives were really understanding that because they'd read my book. And they were like, (laughs) yeah, 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 we get it. And I was like, I so don't want to sound like a diva, but I'm so just wanting to be alone at that point in my life. Why are you in this predicament? Because Beyonce doesn't have to share a room. Why does Constance but she, re- she really didn't give birth in a public hospital. I'm not Beyonce. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> I'm just going to go home. I go home after I have babies. I don't like staying in hospitals. They remind me that I'm going to die one day. 
That's how I feel when I'm in a hospital. Right. I've witnessed too many people dying in them and I just don't like it, you know? So yeah. I think I'll just grab, I'll get the baby out, I'll grab it and I'll go home. <laughs> Where there is another 10 people oogling at me. <laughs> the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. Con, since the Oscars were on, an article's been floating around with a study and it's quite shocking, really. It said that less than half of the 89 best picture films at the Oscars ever have passed a common measure of on-screen female representation. Mm-hmm. So what it is basically, it's called the Bechdel test, where and to pass the test, at least two named female characters have to have a conversation about something other than a man, and that's how <laughs> you pass the test. <laughs> and so it just needs to happen once for them to pass the test, wow. and more than half have failed. When I saw this study the other day and um, shared it on my Facebook, I was not surprised one little bit because I grew up in a world where I felt as a child as if man's conversations Mm. are more important than women's because I'd see men talking and I'd know that we had to be quiet. And obviously the movies that I was watching on TV were reflecting that as well. Mm. So there's nothing where none of this was conscious. It wasn't until I was older that I was able to break those thoughts down and realise where and where they were coming from. And when I saw this study, I was like, that is part of the bloody problem. Mm. Our children, like, we're talking about movies that are today, you know. We're not talking about back in the old days. Our children are still being told that the the leading film of the year had bugger all female, female um, script in it. Mm. And even if you look at sort of kids' movies now are so much better. Like the Disney movies used to all be about getting married, being a princess and And being a, a damsel. They were all damseled. Yeah. Whereas now so the hero quest, you've got Moana and Tangled. But yeah. when I thought about those films and we think about this Bechdel test, they actually, there weren't many female-to-female conversations that weren't about a man still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah, even right. Wonder Woman, so you know that so chic. I ended up seeing it. Wonder Woman, it, there there was two female characters, and it, any of the conversations I recall were about another man. Isn't that weird? Because as a female, if I was to write a movie, which I probably will one day, I mm. wouldn't. I don't think that I would write that many male conversations. Mm. You know, um, a show that comes to mind, Pretty Big Little Lies. Yes. Yeah, created by Reese, who's my new crush. Mm. And that had some fantastic female dialogue. Yeah. Woman to woman. But it wasn't a movie, it was just a show. But still, mm. on the right track, some of these women. Definitely, because even Sex and the City, they were talking about men most of yes. the time. Yeah, you're right. Uh, well, next con, speaking of men and their narrative. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to talk about men. <laughs> we're going to be talking about your husband, Denzi, and his brush with death, a.k.a. man flu. That's next on The Queen Sesh. Constance Hall and her bestie, Annalise. This is The Queen Sesh. Now, Annalise, last week I went out for breakfast. Okay, my husband likes to sleep in. Mm. Great. Leave him there sleeping in. Grabbed all the children, went out for breakfast. We ended up going to the beach with them as well. Came home, put some loads of washing on. Went to oh. Woolworths, got some food for, to make for dinner. Oh. Yeah, started getting. Oh, it was, sorry, it was. Um, yeah, it was the last day of. It was the public holiday, and started making lunches for school. And then I thought, I might just go and check on my husband, make sure he's still alive. <laughs> so it was, you know, the afternoon, and I went upstairs, and I was like, Are you seriously still asleep? Like he would sleep his whole life away if I just left him to it. Mm. And he just had to quickly come up with an excuse. So he said, I have an earache. <laughs> so I. <laughs> 
I sat down. He's not. He's in the studio right now. He's not laughing. I one know. Yeah, it's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so even, I sat down. Even the dog's I, awkward. The yeah, the studio. dog's just like trying. The dog's trying to get out of the door. He's scratching <laughs> at the door. <laughs> and so I sat down and, and wrote a blog about man flu because I was just like, if this is what you get to do with the, with the you know like earache, An earache. Yeah, mm. I have a chronic illness, ulcer, mm. ulcerative colitis. I'm uh, nearing the end of a pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And I am constantly getting up and getting on with it just because that's in my mentality as a, as a mother. And um, so I decided to write, you know, all about man flu. And then I posted it <laughs> and I didn't really check on it. Like I don't really check on my blogs because my people that I, I write a couple of, I answer a few questions and stuff, but my um, people on my page are just so cool that they don't really need to be monitored. And I have admins that look after things in case people get nasty. But on my Instagram, it wasn't being admin or anything. And then, like, <laughs> there was this huge, like, friggin' free denim, like, campaign. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I was, oh, you know me at the moment. Like, I have no, no, I'm, I'm the shortest tether. Yeah. And I said to Denim, were you angry? And he said, no. Nah. The thing about Denim is that he just doesn't give a anything mm. like that's why i'd post it if it, if it could maybe start a fight or upset him i wouldn't wasn't gonna post it he's like nah come off it and that sort of thing just doesn't bother him so this woman has written <laughs> she couldn't believe that i would dare to post about my beautiful husband <laughs> like that she said that i should think about sunny and zeke his children <laughs> i know who didn't ask to be part of my blended family Oh, all for saying that he had a friggin' earache and that he was, and that I did more in early labour than they do with a cold. And she said, um, in the future, maybe you could call Annalise and have a bitch to him and to her instead of going publicly. And then there was sixteen likes. And do you know what I did? Like my admins on my page are really. Um, they're pretty diplomatic. They hide a, a comment if they yeah. think it's going to, you know, upset. I blocked that woman and then I blocked the 16 people that liked <laughs> the comment because I was just like, that's not, that's passive aggressive and it's keyboard warrior and it's not what we stand for. You're trying to put me down and you're trying to stepmom shame me. Yeah. Yeah, for just simply like, I talk about the pros of my husband. Everybody knows I worship yeah. my husband. I've never seen a hotter guy or loved anyone or, you know, anything. But I'm, I talk about the good and the bad on my blog. It's mm. always been like that. Otherwise and it'd be too unrelatable. Exactly. And mm. it was all tongue in cheek. It was all a joke. It wasn't like, guys, I'm seriously thinking about leaving him. Look at the lazy piece of <laughs> shit. <laughs> you know, it was just <laughs> funny and lighthearted. But no, I can't take anything with a grain of salt these days because of my pregnancy. So be careful what comments you like. <laughs> 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 Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. And we're nearly out of time, Con, but we are going to finish this week up with some Queen Vice. And we've received a message, and I think this is a really important thing. I don't know the answer. I think it's a great one to ask one of our resident specialists. So this is the message from Queen Anonymous. She said, my six-year-old daughter has started becoming friends with a girl at school who has diagnosed behavioural disorders, and sometimes we'll refer to them as being naughty or silly. How do we teach our kids acceptance and inclusiveness of kids in school? What language do we use that they will understand but they won't repeat to kids causing problems? So to help us with this one, we've got Louise Adams. She's our resident psychologist. She's the founder of Treat Yourself Well Sydney. Welcome back to the Queen Slash Louise. Hi, Louise. Hi. It's so good to be back. First of all, my first thought was what a wonderful question. What a great parent that is yeah. who's um, recognised 
the importance of teaching difference without judgment because that's what this is about, isn't it? That not all kids are the same, but that doesn't mean better or worse. So I think it's a really good opportunity to teach your kids about difference without um, buying into the idea of labelling. So, you know, words like naughty and silly, they're just judgments. They're, Mm. They're not descriptors. So you might use words that describe more objectively the problems that this person has. So like short attention span, you know, has trouble uh, concentrating. So, you know, has has difficulty, has struggle, Mm. finds this hard. And you can be this person's friend and help them because things that are easy for you are not as easy for this kid. So it's about developing a sense of empathy and connection as well. And, you know, that idea of kindness and wanting to help rather than, you know, that othering that can sometimes happen when kids are different. Mm, I love that. What about like reminding your child of a time where they haven't been able to make the best decision because they maybe made a decision very, very quickly because they were in a rush and they made mm-hmm. the wrong decision and then you can say like this child, they constantly make very quick decisions. Like I often mm-hmm. say that to help my kids understand ADHD because we've got quite a few ADHD friends. So I'm like, mm. so they make really quick decisions and you know when you're in a ru- rush and you make mm. the wrong decision, sometimes they make the wrong decision so they might always look like they're in trouble but really their brain's just a bit different. I spoke yeah, to my daughter yeah. once and she said that one of the kids in her class that the teachers all sat them down and they said that because he had um lo- he had quite full on autism. I don't know what the right low functioning if that's the right term. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um he was constantly being removed from the class, not getting in trouble, but just being removed. And so she came home and she explained to me that he had something different in his brain and mm-hmm. that it was their job to look after him. And I thought that was yeah. really cute. Wonderful. So they were all Isn't sort of yeah, wonderful. Really yeah. cute. It's non judgmental language. It's acknowledgement of difference without making anyone better or worse. And I like what you did with your child, which is you pointed out to your child something they've struggled with and connected them to the other child. So there's the connection. We're all the same. Some of us really struggle harder, but we've all been there. So, So suddenly no one's outed. Such beautiful advice, Louise. Thank you so yeah. much for sharing that. Such an important lesson for us to teach our kids. That's us for another week. Um, you can check us out on Facebook, The Queen Sesh. We love hearing from you anytime. Have a beautiful week. Thanks for listening, Queens. Love you. A show for Queens by Queens with no topic too taboo. The Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise.